I'm Libby Collins. A very good Sunday morning to you. We have a busy show ahead. I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. But first, let's turn to TMJ4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson. Good morning, Brendan. Yeah, hey, Libby. Good morning to you. You know what? A lot of people are headed out tomorrow to Amphamfield for the big opening day here in, in <laughs> Milwaukee. How does it look for our tailgating? Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of folks are probably staring at that forecast and saying showers, uh-oh. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think tailgaters, <laughs> yeah, tailgaters are going to be just fine for the most part. I would have the rain gear just in case. The reason I say that is because we will have some scattered showers kind of straddling the state line. And then once the first pitch gets underway, everybody's inside the stadium. I think there could be a better chance for some showers. And then by the time everybody's heading home, uh, probably could be raining in and around Milwaukee. So tailgating before the game, I think we'll be able to get those brats in everything you need to do uh, but by that uh, return trip home we could have a little bit of some rain in the neighborhood sounds like that roof is going to be closed then i'm guessing i think the roof is going to be closed uh, for our first game at amfam this year all right tell us a little bit about what happened on uh, friday because i know we had some yeah. watches and warnings throughout uh, southeastern wisconsin and of course there was that terrible situation just across the state line in belvedere illinois mm-hmm. with the roof collapsing what was going on in our area yeah so uh you know round one of the showers and thunderstorms came by you know we had storms in the area about 4 p.m those were fine it was that line we were worried about that was going to create some uh strong and severe storms and also uh some tornadic activities so uh you know late in the evening uh was right around eight o'clock or so we did have a couple of tornadoes touchdown in walworth county so yesterday national weather service survey team went out uh we had one travel uh for about 10 miles from sharon to delavan in in Walworth County, and then a second one running from Como to just uh, north of Elkhorn. Both of those were high-end EF0 tornadoes, so we had max winds of 80 miles per hour. And Ooh. then another one traveling around Beloit, that also was an EF0 tornado with max winds of about 80 miles an hour. That one was about 3.8 miles long. Uh, survey crew is going to be out again today, western Jefferson County, eastern Dane County, around Cambridge and Lake Ripley. And then it sounds like they may be headed out to Iowa County, uh, Uh, farther west of Madison on Monday to take a look at some of the damage. But uh, yeah, it was a very busy and very noisy Friday night for us. Oh, yeah. And I know you've got you're you're kind of watching for Tuesday evening Mm -hmm. to see if we're going to have more of this situation. What, What are you thinking right now? Yeah, so, you know, Tuesday right now looks like it almost is a similar situation. We get the warm front really close to us. Um, It could lift into southern Wisconsin, and we'll have that warm, moist air uh, around. So scattered showers and thunderstorms on tap later on Tuesday into early Wednesday. Timing is going to be key in the position of the system. So we're still three days, you know, a couple days out from this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the day three outlook, slight risk, level two for severe weather for southern Wisconsin. So we're just going to want to keep an eye out um, by the the time we get to Wednesday morning, you know, overnight storms tend to not be as severe. We'll (laughs) see. We'll see. Uh, Timing can change. So stay tuned to the forecast as we get closer. And I know you're, you're talking about a big temperature drop from Wednesday into Thursday, too. Oh, yeah. So we'll be rising. You know, we'll hit probably 47 Tuesday afternoon. We climbed to probably 60 Wednesday morning and then, you know, we're back into the 40s, but sunny towards the end of the week. Oh, well, I know you're keeping your eye on it. And are you going to be out at the uh, AmFam tomorrow for the opening? You know, I am not going to be out at AmFam, but our Marissa Wall is in. Our whole TMJ4 News Today crew is going to be at AmFam all morning long, starting at 430. It's going to be really exciting. Um, Really looking forward to watching it all. Oh, and of course, we'll be covering it all here on on WTMJ as well. We're going to be out there. Everybody's going out to the field tomorrow. Hey, Brenda Johnson from TMJ4, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, take care, Libby. All right, have a good one. All right, we've got a very busy show today. Uh, Tax day is just two weeks from now, and if you're putting those things together, especially if you're doing it on your computer, we're going to tell you how to keep your information secure. Also, yesterday, the COVID Public Health Emergency Act ended, and that's going to affect over 300,000 people right here in Wisconsin. Are you one of them? Well, we're going to find out. Also, there's an art gallery opening this week here at the Avenue. We've got some news for you about that. We're going to talk with Milwaukee musicians 
musician Brett Newski. He's just returned from his European tour, and uh, you can see him right here in Milwaukee this week. We're going to tell you where. Matt Miller's here with us. He's talking Dungeons and Dragons and also that new Air movie about Michael Jordan's mother. Kind of interesting. Mark Cass has some thoughts about Microsoft's move to the Foxconn site. Wyatt's here in the newsroom. Isaac's pushing those buttons. And in just two minutes, it's Dominic Catronio and Sports on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Right now, it is 31 degrees at 812 on WTMJ. The Brewers are officially in the win column in 2023, thanks in large part to William Contreras. Bases full of Brewers, eighth inning, 0-1 pitch to Contreras. Swing and a little flare, shallow right, and it's down! Two runs will score! And the Brewers have their first lead in 2023. Jeff Levering's call here on WTMJ of the go-ahead hit. The Brewers would win by that final of 3-1. to And another day, another debut. Joey Weimer made his big league debut and also wasted no time, just like Bryce Terang, for his first hit in the show. His first at-bat in the big leagues, making his debut this afternoon, and the first pitch swinging. It's a line drive down the right field line. That's a base hit for Weimer. The speedy Weimer turning first. He's headed for second. And how about a one-out double in your first big league at-bat for Joey Weimer? Lane Grindle on the call for the top outfield prospect playing in his first game with the Brewers manager Craig Council yeah it's funny we you know we talked to Joey in spring training about being a little more aggressive um, and I don't know he took a sudden he's been thinking about it for about a week now and decided he's gonna get after it <laughs> first pitch for game three against the Cubs today at 120 our coverage will start at noon the Bucks will try to rebound forgive the pun going against the philadelphia 76ers tonight tip off is set for seven o'clock at fiserv form after getting blown out by 40 against the boston celtics elsewhere on the hardwood what a finish between san diego state and fau in the men's final four with three seconds butler in the corner with one second hoist the jumper it's Kevin Kugler's call on Westwood 1, San Diego State wins 73-72. Also, UConn defeats Miami 72-59. So both national championship games are set. The women will play today at 2.30. It'll be Iowa and LSU. And then on Monday, San Diego State and UConn will go at it. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. Uh, coming up, we've got Mark Cass. He's got a little bit of news, at least more news, about what's going on with Microsoft on that Foxconn site. And also, what's business going to be like for AmFam this year? It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 817 and 31 degrees at WTMJ. Take me out Oh, tomorrow's opening day, and we've got everybody going out there tomorrow. Vince is going to be there. Steve Scafidi's going to be there. Sandy Max and John McCure. It is going to be a big, big day here on WTMJ, and you can hear it all throughout tomorrow. Now, today it's going to be partly cloudy and breezy with a high of 48 near the uh, lake. And if you go inland, it's going to be about 52 degrees. But watch out. Those wind gusts are going to get up to about 30 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, down to 38. And tomorrow looks mostly cloudy with a chance of showers late in the afternoon. As Brenda Johnson was just telling us, we will get up to about 53 degrees. Right now, uh, Cedarburg has 30. Oak Creek's at 31. Brookfield has 31 degrees. We have 32 degrees at WTMJ at 820. And it's time to check in with Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark, the big business news of the week are plans by Microsoft. They're going to build a $1 billion, with a B, $1 billion data center in Mount Pleasant. This was supposed to be developed by Foxconn. How right. did this yep. all happen, and why did nobody know this was coming? This is something we talked, remember last year, we talked a little bit about that site and the fact that there is no question that, that what has happened there is nowhere near what was promised with Foxconn. They do have some, some things there, but nowhere near. But the site was made ready for that. So the water, the sewer, the roads were all put in. And, you know, and it was seen as a prime site. And we came in second last year when that area was up to try and draw intel into the area. But here was a case where they were out looking for a large site, 300 acres or so, and they're able to get that quickly. 
happen there. And this is a big development. It's a big deal. There's not a lot of jobs here, probably a couple hundred jobs from the first of these. But I think it's more so the land is being used. It'll be active from a company that everybody knows and that has a track record here. So it's a significant step forward, a lot of steps to go. But after what's happened over the past couple of years, it's nice to see large firms that, that are looking at the very strong region, something you and I, again, have talked about. That area from the state line, north through Racine, think about it. you got a Haribo, you got Amazon, you got E-Line. Now you're going to have Microsoft. So you're going to have these big names that are looking there because access to I-94 is so easy. But do you think that Microsoft moving to this area of Wisconsin right. could mean there could be a trend of other yeah. Silicon Valley businesses looking right here in the Midwest? Here's a couple of things. One is I think this isn't the end for them. I mean, I think we looked around at some of their other things around the country, and they've done something like this in Atlanta or right outside Atlanta. They've done this in Iowa, but they've not done one or two of these. They've done more. They've done three or four of these. So there's a chance for more development from them there, all depending how this goes, all depending on the welcome, all depending on the state involvement. But I also think you're right. These companies like to be near each other. And it's kind of what I said of what's happened between the state line right near I-94, so much stuff in Kenosha, a lot of those companies coming out of Northern Illinois up there. But yeah, I think you will see more. And there's clearly a lot of land. This 300 acres is coming out of the villages portion. They still have over 900 acres. There's still about 800 or so more acres owned by Foxconn. So there's a lot of land down there that's ready to go, that's drawing attention nationally. And while we might not end up with what we thought we were down there in terms of Foxconn, I think over time we will see a lot of these kinds of companies there. So I think it's really strong news for the region. And we touched on this last week when we talked about Mitchell Airport versus O'Hare. Yep. This area yeah. is smack dab in the middle, in the middle. of yeah. access to both of those airports, I would think that's going to be very attractive for a lot of these tech companies to want to yeah. develop here. I think you're 100% right. I think that corridor, and we've been saying this for years, the corridor between Milwaukee and Chicago, going south from Milwaukee, Oak Creek, Racine, Kenosha, Pleasant Prairie, is a hot zone and has been a hot zone forever. What's been nice for the past few years is that we've been able to draw up a lot of firms out of Northern Illinois. But now we're starting to see firms who are coming in from other areas. So I think over time, this is going to continue to be hot. They've spent a lot of money on infrastructure, which is so important because as a company, when they come in, they don't want to wait a year or two or three to get water, sewer, and roads. If that's already there, it just makes it easier for them to really look at that site. So I think that's a big part of it. The ease of our airport is good, but you have to have the nonstop flights. I think this region is just going to get stronger and stronger over time. You're here with Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, and you hosted a meeting about downtown Milwaukee. Uh, all the big CEOs were there. Mayor Cavalier-Johnson was there. You even had We Energy's chairman, Gail Clapa, and also Marcus Corporation's Greg Marcus, all talking about business issues issues in the yeah. central business district what was number one that they were concerned about well you know not surprisingly i think for anybody who's watched the news i mean it's crime crime is a huge issue right now not only in milwaukee this is throughout the country in any large city but here in milwaukee it's number one on their list because it impacts their employees impacts their operations they need to obviously adjust so this is a big deal and what they've said is that we are working together we've met with the mayor as a group. So a group of high-level exec, not the mayor, and are trying to work with him together as a team to really address these issues. And there's this issue of funding. We need more money for police. We need more money to have officers on the street. We need more money for education. We need more money for job training. That's all true. But what they said that we need something now. We need to ensure things are really moving in the right direction now, whether that's more police on the streets, whether that's surveillance cameras, whether that's other things that are going to help in June, July, and August, while also working on long-term issues. Because the problem becomes as these issues happen and they're on the news and they're heard about from people in Heartland or people in Oconomowoc or people in Wales, those people are not coming to the heart of the city and that costs them money. It also hurts them with workers. They're trying to get their workers into the office again, right? There's this move this year to have staff return to the office, spend more days in the office. Well, if they're hearing about issues, whether it's cars that are getting smashed into, whether it's reckless driving, whether it's other crime, they're saying, well, I'd rather work at home where it's not an issue. So this is a big part of the city. And we heard two or three times throughout this meeting if we don't address this issue, it could really stop our renaissance, which we've seen over the last few years. So it's getting a lot of attention right now. And hopefully the mayor is listening. I know another thing you did this week is you interviewed the co-CEOs of Advocate Health. And that, right. of course, was the Coalition of Advocate Aurora Health and Atrium Health. This is now what? The largest private employer in southeastern Wisconsin. What kind of commitment do they have to Milwaukee? This is one I think goes under the radar a bit because we don't talk health care a lot, but it's 
clearly a really important thing to everybody in the community. But Advocate Aurora, Atrium Health merged late in 22. They are now the fifth largest healthcare organization in the country. Big deal for Milwaukee because we all know about Aurora Healthcare, how many employees they have here, how a lot of us use them for our healthcare. And what they have said to us, because there's a question, clearly when your headquarters is going to be in Charlotte and not in Milwaukee and not in Chicago, which it will be over time, what is the commitment to Milwaukee? Will you still be active here? Will you still be involved here? And what we heard from the CEOs who were on stage with me was, yes, this is a significant area for us. We will be here. We will be active here. We'll be involved in the community, whether it's through sponsorship, whether it's through its community events, whether it's through working on significant health care issues. We all know there are significant health care issues in the Milwaukee area, all depending on where you live. There are certain zip codes where they have significant health issues that need to be addressed. So what they said is, yes, we are all in on Milwaukee. You're not going to see less here. But it's a question that's out there. It's a question we have to hold them to because they are, as you said earlier, the largest private employer in the region. They are our largest health care provider in the region. They need to be involved. They need to be active. So it was good to hear. But on the other hand, we need to keep watching this one because over time, it can't really lead away. Well, tomorrow's opening day, the day we've been waiting for it. Yeah. Yes. Fan, the Brats and a burger. I, I can see you got a cheese oh. head on already, don't you? You're wearing your cheese head. <laughs> you got your home thing out with your finger. I know you're all in. But what does the return of baseball mean to all those businesses around Amfan Field? Yeah. It's a big deal. I think sometimes we kind of lose track of this, what it means to the region. And I'll talk about a couple of One is the obvious impact of the restaurants and the bars near the stadium. They're full on a game day. They do the shuttles. They do the specials. They're very involved. But I also think you have to look at the hotels because we have people who will come in for these things all the time. Having a rough means that if you live in Eagle River, if you live in Hurley, if you live in La Crosse and you want to attend a game, it means it's going to happen. So you get those groups that come down here. The other thing interesting this year, Libby, is the way that the schedule has changed. And the Brewers now play every team. So you'll see games this year, which I'm very excited about, against the Angels. They'll play the Red Sox. They'll play the White Sox. People travel from those teams. I'm always amazed when I'm out there for a game against the Cardinals. How many Cardinals fans are in town for the whole weekend who spend money at our hotels? How many Cubs fans? I hate saying that out loud, but it's true. How many Cubs fans come up here and spend money? So having those teams that are very popular really helps our economy quite a bit. So I think it's going to be a fun year to watch, but I've said this over the last couple of weeks. It's so important to win. If the Brewers win in April and May, I think the crowds will be out there. It'll be a great summer. If they are not winning in May, I think they're going to lose that enthusiasm, and it's going to be a longer summer. And we need a good summer, right? I mean, it seems like winter has gone on a long time this year, so we need an active and fun summer. Well, we know when the Brewers come back to AmFam, summer's not far away. So we're looking forward to it. Mark Krause, it's always great to have you here. Always good to see you, Libby. Hopefully I'll see you out there tomorrow. You'll be wearing your hat and drinking a cold Miller Lite and eating a one or two brats, right? (laughs) You betcha. And you'll be able to see so many WTMJ personalities at AmFam tomorrow. Uh, I, we're all over this. I mean, everybody's going to be out. Of, uh, it, it's such an exciting day when the Brewers have that first game right here in Milwaukee. It's 28 on WTMJ. And welcome back to Wisconsin Wake Up Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. In just a couple minutes, you're preparing those taxes. Oh, boy, there's less than two weeks left, and you're putting some things on your computer about that. We're going to tell you how to keep all that information safe. But right now at 836, this past week, there was another horrific school shooting. There's also some confusion over carcinogens at a Milwaukee apartment complex It was a presidential first and so much more. It's the Week in Review, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is take it back. Let's start off with some local. Arrowhead, they have banned Miley Cyrus's Rainbowland recording. For some reason, when this was taken to the music teacher, the music teacher made the decision that the children shouldn't even hear it. Canceling Rainbowland as arguably inappropriate for first graders, to me, is absolutely, what's the word I'm looking for? Crazy. Rainbows are rainbows. At least 26 have died after a tornado touched down in Mississippi. Help us, help us, help our people. Another day, another school shooting. This one coming out of Nashville, Tennessee. Metro is, Metro Midtown is on a school shooting. Fourth of multiple victims down. Nashville Fire saying that they were treating multiple victims. We know again three children are dead. When the officers got to the second level, they saw a shooter, a female, who was firing. The officers engaged her. She was fatally shot. This is the ultimate crime when school children and caregivers are the victims of senseless 
gun violence. Massive protests have been held across Israel with people taking to the streets to voice their opposition to a controversial justice reform bill and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's decision to fire his defense secretary who spoke out against it. The Milwaukee streetcar will be out of commission for some time after it was involved in a crash with a garbage truck this morning. It took a couple hours but they put it back on the track and then with the police escort it was driven backwards back to the maintenance facility. A sense of confusion lingers several days after 150 people were evacuated from their homes at an apartment complex near 32nd and Center on Milwaukee's north side Saturday. Residents were forced to leave because of elevated levels of trichloroethylene. Dr. Curtis Hedman says the greatest concern may be developmental effects, and he confirmed there were pregnant residents at the apartment complex. Those include uh, fetal heart defect, immunological and neurological system changes. Ross, the defense of Neesmith, spins around on this. It's going to be an easy two-hand dunk. Punishing dunk from the Greek freak right over Jalen Smith. Take that! It has to work for, for both parties, and I think we're both committed to you know figuring that out. But it's really kind of in their court right now, so we'll kind of see where it goes. The choice is yours. According to the Milwaukee County Medical Examiner, 42-year-old Nicholas Josefowski was switching out overhead lights when he was found down on a scissor lift by a co-worker. It is a windy and chilly March afternoon on the north side of Chicago, but opening day 2023 is here. Stroman violated his 20 seconds allotted between pitches, and so he's assessed an automatic ball for that. They got to throw that ball out of play and keep it as a keepsake, right? <laughs> Burn stretches in the 0-1. Swinging a ground ball, right field, base hit. Scoring is Master Boney. First to third goes Horner, and that throw cut off. Then Adamas throws back in behind the runner at first Swanson and threw it away. Taking off for the plate is Horner, and he scores on Willie's error. Remain calm. Oh, we do have breaking news coming into the newsroom. According to multiple reports, former President Donald Trump will be indicted. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office had been investigating a hush money payment sent to former adult film actress Stormy Daniels during Trump's 2016 presidential campaign to cover up an alleged affair. A lot of my friends are Trump supporters. I hope this guy goes down like nobody's business. He was a better uh, president than Biden. I think he's done for. They're just going after him because he was he was amazing for us. He was the only president who was ever for America. What a week, huh? What a week, eh? What a week. It's 32 degrees and 841 on WTMJ. In just a minute, we're going to hear some tax tips for you, how to keep them safe if you've got them online. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, it's that time of year. We're preparing our taxes, and many of us are hoping for that refund. Joining us is Michelle Reinen from DATCAP. But before you start sending in that tax information, what do you need to be aware of? Well, you want to monitor your tax situation because this can become a time when you figure out that your identity has been stolen. And what I mean by that is you may go to file your taxes and find out someone else has filed them in your name using your information, or you get information back from the tax department, Department of Revenue or Internal Revenue Service saying you haven't filed for all your earnings, meaning someone's been using your social security number for employment and you haven't claimed everything. So this is an important time of year to get those taxes filed as early as possible and, of course, as complete as you can. And then consider applying for an identity protection personal identification number or an IP PIN. And this is with the IRS and the Department of Revenue. They'll send you a new PIN number at the beginning of each year that you'll need to use when filing your tax returns electronically. And that means they're yours. This is going to be your number and an identity thief won't have access to it. So that will also limit the damage that an identity thief can do in getting your return. And if by any chance you think that your tax information has been compromised, what do you suggest doing? You contact the IRS. Go to their website at irs.gov. Specialists can help file returns, process returns, and protect your information. And then once you confirmed that your identity has been stolen, now you need to inform the bank, 
creditors, get a security freeze on your credit reports so they can't continue to do more damage, and you are minimizing the impact that that identity thief is having on your life. And of course, consumer protection can help guide you through this by, um, we have fact sheets and other information that our identity theft assistance team can get to people. And what's that consumer protection hotline? 1-800-422-7128. It's going to be partly cloudy today and breezy with a high of 48. If you go inland, about 52, but those wind gusts are going to be up to 30 miles per hour. Then tonight, partly cloudy down to 38. Tomorrow for opening day at AmFam, it's going to be mostly cloudy. There's a chance of those showers later in the day, but as Brandon Johnson told it, looks like tailgating will be okay. It's going to be up to 53. Rain and thunderstorms on Tuesday. They've got their eye on another system coming in, so you want to make sure you keep it tuned right here on WTMJ because we'll have all that information for you that you need for weather. And right now we're looking at temperatures in Sheboygan at 35, Wawatosa is 34, Delafield's at 33. We have 34 degrees at WTMJ at 846, and we're at a minute away from Dominic Catronio and sports. The quest for 161 and 1 is on. The Brewers get their first win of the 2023 season. A 3-1 final down at Wrigley Field against the Chicago Cubs. They did it in come-from-behind fashion thanks to the new guy, William Contreras. Bases full of Brewers. Eighth inning. 0-1 pitch to Contreras. Swing and a little flare. Shallow right and it's down! Two runs will score! And the Brewers have their first lead in 2023. Jeff Levering on the call on the go-ahead single from Contreras in the eighth inning. The Brewers would not relinquish the lead. Devin Williams locking down the save after six strong innings from starter Brandon Woodruff. Manager Craig Council on the weather, making things really tough for the guys in the box. You know, it's difficult to score. You know, the, guys, the pitchers are doing something about that, too. I mean, the pitchers are throwing the ball pretty well. But, we, you know, we put together a good inning, and guys picked each other up. Um, in the eighth there and we continue to pitch very well. Coverage of game three down at Wrigley Field starts at noon right here on WTMJ. The men's national championship game is set for college basketball. San Diego State at the buzzer. Five seconds. Butler to the right wing with three seconds. Butler in the corner with one second. Hoist the jumper. It's Kevin Kugler on the call on Westwood 1. San Diego State defeats FAU 72-71. And in the nightcap, UConn dominated Miami 72-59. It'll be the Huskies and the Aztecs on Monday night. On the women's side of things, it's going to be a great one today. Tip-off is set for 2.30 between LSU and Iowa. The Caitlin Clark Show just upended the undefeated South Carolina Gamecocks. Now have the tough test of the 33-2 LSU Tigers. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dom. It's 849. We have 33 degrees at WTMJ, and we're just a couple minutes away from Matt Miller. He's got news about that new movie, Dungeons and Dragons. Are you a fan? Could be a little bit cloudy and breezy. High 48, 52 inland. We're at 34 right now at WTMJ, and it's time to check in with media critic and pop culture editor from onmilwaukee.com. It's Matt Miller. I got Led Zeppelin there in my ear, uh, and I know you're really excited because what's the connection between that song and the Dungeons and Dragons movie? Well, that's the song that they've been using for all the trailers, which must have been effective because Dungeons and Dragons is having a much better opening weekend than I was really expecting. I I think Dungeons and Dragons, even you know, even with Star Wars and even with Marvel kind of taking over pop culture, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons is still kind of niche nerd culture. Like it is still, it can still be a little too dorky for the mainstream, uh, but it's going to make about thirty-five, forty million dollars this weekend, Whoa. which is pretty solid. And I think a lot of that is because it's a good movie. You know, it's a really fun adventure if you're a fan of, you know princess bride and stuff like that i i think dungeons and dragons is a really good time and it's the kind of hollywood blockbuster that you kind of want to root for because it feels like everything you want one to be the jokes are actually funny the action is smart 
it's it's a fun movie without being a stupid movie. It's 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 a really good time. I had a great time with Dungeons and Dragons. All right, now Hugh Grant's in this, right? He is. All right, and I I like him, but what does he do in an action movie? I mean, I never thought of him as being like an action kind of guy. Yeah, he is he is your villain, that which is kind of perfect because he is kind of got that, you know, pompous air to him that one smarmy. He's not a, he can be smarmy, smarmy. right? He can yeah, very okay. much be smarmy and he so he works great as kind of uh kind of the villain of the movie and you've got Chris Pine in the lead who is in in my opinion the best of the Hollywood Chris's. I think he's extremely charismatic, he's extremely funny in this. He he kind of is the perfect energy for this movie where it's a little aloof, but it's also when it comes down to you caring, you care. So I, I'm a big fan of, of Chris Pine in this and, and the whole cast is great. It's, it's just a startlingly good time. And I think if you're not, if you have no idea what a natural 20 is in, in uh, I have no idea what Dungeons. a natural 20 is. Neither do I. Uh, but, okay. <laughs> uh, what I but what I do I, know is that you, do, you don't need to know what that is to have a okay. really good time at Dungeons & Dragons. I, right, I got to back up here because you said that Chris Pine, in your opinion, is the best of the Hollywood Chris's. Who's, who are the other Hollywood Chris's? You've got your Chris Pratt. You got your Chris Hemsworth. You got your Chris Evans. And then you got your Chris Pine. Ah, Those are okay. The four, the four Hollywood Chris's. Right. Okay, <laughs> I I just wanted to get that straight. But is would you say it's you can take the kids to this one, or do you need to watch out what their ages are? I think it's more kid friendly than stuff like Shazam and obviously John Wick Chapter Four. It's 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 probably good for you know ten ten year old kids. Okay, I, I think yeah. I think at this point, you might as well hold out until Wednesday when the new Super Mario Brothers movie comes out and you have an actual kids movie out for kids. Uh, I know it's been a long time since we've had a kids movie out, uh, but finally Super Mario Brothers will come out on Wednesday and it's going to make a ton of money because like I said, there's been nothing for parents to really take their kids to in theaters other than, you know, retrospective stuff. Oh, I know. And, and you you know, I mean, kids are going to be off school here coming up at the end of the week if they're not already for break. But so, okay, is Super Mario, I know you haven't, I don't think you've seen it yet, have you? Not yet, not yet. Is Comes it, out on Wednesday. Do you think it's going to be a good movie? That is the tricky question. I think the previews look really fun, but I, I'm not a big fan of this animation studio. The animation studio is, is Illumination, who did who does the Despicable Me slash Minions movies, which are which are fine. Uh, but they also did stuff like The Secret Life of Pets and Sing. They kind of end the, the animated Grinch movie. And all those movies just kind of feel super safe and obvious. Like they kind of feel like kids movie, the movie, where there's nothing really interesting or exciting or funny or unique about them. They just are perfectly branded movies that are going to get people in the theaters because it's it's brands the movie. I mean, you know, the Sing movies were basically Spotify, the movie. And, you know, the Grinch was this obvious brand. And honestly, Super Mario Brothers is kind of the same thing. Like, of course, this movie is going to do well. It's one of the most iconic video game characters in history. But at the same time, the the previews look really fun. And maybe it's just because we haven't. Maybe it's just because we haven't seen an animated kids movie in about four months now, but yeah. it looks really interesting. So, so safe I, I'm to ta- it's yeah. good. safe to take the kids and grandkids. All right, now as an adult, here's a movie I'm excited about, and that is the movie Air with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. What do you think? I'm I'm quite excited for this one too. It's kind of perfect. Uh, Perfect uh, counter-programming, because it also comes out on Wednesday, aside from, you know, Super Mario Brothers. So you can take the kids to Super Mario Brothers, you can take the adults to go see Air. My only concern is that, in a way similar to Illumination Studios, I'm a little concerned this is going to be Brands the movie. You know, it it feels a little bit like if Moneyball was written from the perspective of the New York Yankees. You know, it's, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. That's great. <laughs> 
Go ahead. You know, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, oh, uh, got to root for these wily underdogs, Nike and Michael Jordan, you know, those infamous underdogs who never got a break, you know? It's, but it's, but I, if you I look at the, the time, but if if you look at the time, they, they, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan yet, and Nike wasn't Nike yet, and I, I can't wait to see Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in the goofy 70s wigs. It, it, uh, 90s, 90s. Oh, I'm sorry, 80s, 90s, was still 80s, 80s, yeah, yeah, 80s, 90s. But I can't wait to see that because yeah, I'm hoping yeah. it's good. And Ben Affleck is a yeah. really good director. He's only made one bad movie, and otherwise everything else is really solid stuff. I mean, Argo, The Town, Gone Baby Gone. His resume as a filmmaker is really strong, except for when he worked with J Lo. All right, and listen, man. <laughs> We are going to be watching for all those movies. I know you'll have reviews next week. You'll be with us, and Dayton Kane's filling in for me. So uh, we'll we'll talk to you again. It's always good to hear from Matt Miller from onmilwaukee.com. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Coming up after the news, uh, Milwaukee musician Brett Newski has been in Europe for months, and he's back in Milwaukee. He's playing this week. We're going to tell you where. It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 34 degrees at 859. And thanks a lot, Wyatt. We've got a lot ahead this hour. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend morning news. We're going to hear with uh, about a new art gallery opening here at the Avenue. I think you're going to find that really interesting. Also, Dr. Daryl Gray is going to join us. If you are one of the 300,000 people here in Wisconsin uh, that are on Medicaid and in danger of losing that assistance with the end of the uh, COVID health emergency yesterday, uh, you'll want to hear what he has to say. So keep so stick around. It's all ahead right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's 9.08 on WTMJ. Well, if you love 90s alternative, you know our next guest. It's Brett Newski. He's got a new CD out. It's called Friend Rock, and he has started his big spring, early summer tour. He's been everywhere from Canada. He's going to be in Florida. He's going to be out in Pennsylvania. He's going to be in Portland. But he's going to be back here in Milwaukee this Friday evening at 7 o'clock. You've got a concert. Brett, so great to hear from you this morning. Libby Collins, thanks for hosting me on the radio. Hey, so tell me about this big tour. I mean, you are all over the place. Yeah, I'm actually in Toronto right now. We're playing Toronto and then, yeah, kind of just driving around North America in an unmarked white van, <laughs> eating out of the Trader Joe's. And, you know, we just started the tour. So it's a long and windy road in front of us, but we're starting to get a rhythm out here. Yeah. Now, what is it like being out on the road when you're playing almost every night? It's very bipolar. It's like you're really up and then you're really nervous and then you wake up feeling weird and then it's really exciting and then you're super stoked because you're walking around Toronto, but then maybe you get robbed in Chicago and then morale is low, but then maybe you get a free meal at the venue and morale comes back up a little bit. So it's very all over the place. You said you were robbed in Chicago. Did that really happen? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was a couple tours ago, but that can happen down there. Oh man, that's terrible. But you know what? It's good that you're coming back to Milwaukee because I know you've got so many fans here. What is it like for you when, you know, again, you've been on a long tour, you're in city after city after city, and you come back home. It's pretty cool. I mean, I think the hometown show is always the most pressure. It's the show I get the most nervous for because, you know, we know a lot of the people there. You know, you can't be crappy in your hometown. You got to bring your A game. So we usually try to time it where we get at least five or six or seven shows under our belt before we hit Milwaukee so the band is good and tight and ready to go. And it's always nice to get that show under our belt because it's just a huge boost to morale. You know, the Anodyne show usually sells out, so it gives the band a lot of momentum and it boosts our fun meter as we head out into some of the tougher places to play. You know, if we're playing in like Cleveland on a Wednesday, like that's going to be a bit more difficult. So we got to boost up morale before we get out there sometimes. I mentioned your new CD, Friend Rock, and you've got a video out that's a little bit controversial for a song called Chemicals. Tell us about that one. Oh, okay. I didn't know it's controversial, but I mean, it is me punching Hitler, which I hopefully that's okay. <laughs> so it's like a funny low-grade, lo-fi VHS style video of me traveling back in time. So all these wild moments in history where I go back and I try to save JFK and punch Hitler and I join the band Queen and party at Woodstock. 
it's pretty dumb, but it's pretty funny. It turned out pretty cool. My friend Ben Spottle made it, and we made it at the Holiday Motel in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's fun. Check it out. It's called Chemicals. And we actually abbreviated the band name to just Newski because we feel like it's a little more fitting for the genre. <laughs> and I think it's a lot more identifiable, too. You know, in the past, you have played so many different groups. I mean, I'm thinking Pixies, Violent Femmes, The Gin Blossoms. Any favorite memories of all the people you've played with through the years? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love all those bands. Actually, I just had coffee with Kevin Hearn from Bare Naked Ladies like 45 minutes ago, just walking around Toronto, and he took me into the recording studio where Bare Naked Ladies are actually working on a new album. So that was really neat for me. And the studio's insane. It's just like high ceilings. Each band member has like 20 guitars circled around them to choose from or like 12 different keyboards. It's just like state-of-the-art, world-class, like major leagues of recording so that was pretty neat for me but we just did a tour with not a surf in europe in the summer and they're one of my favorite bands so that was very cool for us what was the reaction of people in europe when they heard you play europe is just a bit friendlier as far as hospitality i think there's just maybe like less fans over there you know the arts are just held in higher regard in general there's a lot of government arts funding so sometimes the venues might pay a bit better and they'll have like dinner it's generally rare to get dinner in the States on like the smaller club circuit, you know, from the venue. So Europe just, they treat you like champs over there. So it's generally, it's pretty nice to play over there. You mean in your green room, you're not getting blue M&Ms instead of the green ones? You <laughs> might you get blue m ms but you're not getting a sandwich in America. It's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, you get 10 new tracks out. What's your favorite of the 10? Or is that asking you what your favorite kid is? I think my favorite song right now is probably the first song on the album. It's called Freak Flag Fly. It's just kind of about how I don't know, I feel like everyone kind of is a bit of a weirdo somewhere in their soul, you know? And a lot of times that can get suppressed by environment. You know, people get stuck in jobs or they can't be themselves or maybe they find themselves in friend circles deep in the burbs between like an Applebee's and two Texas roadhouses where, they, you know, they want to make weird off-kilter jokes or get funky, but it just doesn't fit the environment they're in. So I feel like you can't suppress your freak flag, you can't suppress your weirdoism. You got to keep it weird because that's what keeps the world interesting, you know? Well, I know you've got a couple of Wisconsin dates this week. You're in Stevens Point, I think, Thursday, Milwaukee on Friday, Manitowoc. Saturday, you're back in Chicago after that. And then you're coming back to Madison July 1st, right? Yeah, Memorial Union Terrace. Uh, That's one of the coolest venues in the whole country, I think. All right. Well, right now, there are still some tickets available for Friday night at Anodyne Inn, Walker's Point. But if anybody wants to get tickets, you want to tell them how? Yeah, it's just newskimusic.com slash tour. All the tour dates are on there. And you can scoop them up. It's an early show. It's a Start 6 o'clock door, 7 o'clock music starts. All right. And again, you might want to check out that new CD, Friend Rock. Brett Newski, always great to talk with you. Thanks, Libby Collins. Thanks for being a champion of arts and culture and rock and roll music. You're awesome. Rock on. The Brewers are officially in the win column in 2023, thanks in large part to William Contreras. Bases full of Brewers, eighth inning, 0-1 pitch to Contreras. Swing and a little flare, shallow right, and it's down! Two runs will score! And the Brewers have their first lead in 2023. Jeff Levering's call here on WTMJ of the go-ahead hit. The Brewers would win by that final of 3-1. to one. And another day, another debut. Joey Weimer made his big league debut and also wasted no time, just like Bryce Terang, for his first hit in the show. His first at-bat in the big leagues, making his debut this afternoon. And the first pitch swinging. It's a line drive down the right field line. That's a base hit for Weimer. The speedy Weimer turning first. He's headed for second. And how about a one-out double in your first big league at-bat for Joey Weimer? Lane Grindle on the call for the top outfield prospect playing in his first game with the Brewers. Manager Craig Council. Yeah, it's funny. We, you know, we talked to Joey in spring training about being a little more aggressive. Um, and I don't know, he took us to the he's been thinking about it for about a week now and decided he's going to get after it. <laughs> first pitch for game three against the Cubs today at 120. Our coverage will start at noon. The Bucks will try to 
rebound, forgive the pun, going against the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock at Pfizer Forum after getting blown out by 40 against the Boston Celtics. Elsewhere on the hardwood, what a finish between San Diego State and FAU in the men's Final Four. With three seconds, Butler in the corner with one second. Hoist the jumper. It's Kevin Kugler's call on Westwood 1, San Diego State wins 73-72. Also, UConn defeats Miami 72-59. So both national championship games are set. The women will play today at 2.30. It'll be Iowa and LSU. And then on Monday, San Diego State and UConn will go at it. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. It's 919, 34 degrees. We'll have your forecast right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's going to be partly cloudy today, a little bit breezy. Those temperatures getting up to close to 50 degrees, a little bit warmer inland. Then tonight, partly cloudy, down to 38. We talked with uh, TMJ4's meteorologist Brandon Johnson earlier this morning. He says for our opening day, tailgating, it should be okay. It's going to be a little bit cloudy, and then those showers are going to start with a high of 53. The rain and thunderstorms continue into Tuesday with a high of 47, and they're keeping an eye on uh, another storm headed this way. Uh, well, just keep it right here and we'll have all that information for you. That's on Tuesday. Right now in Waukesha, 35 degrees. Mequon has 33. Racine's at 36 and we have 35 degrees at WTMJ at 923. The following is a paid presentation. Advice and opinions expressed during the Sunday sip are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee LLC. Welcome into the Sunday Sip here on 620 WTMJ. I'm Ben Bruss and very excited to be joined by John Everts from Road America. He is the communications director, and I've been fortunate enough to know John for a couple years now, and he knows my personal love for the 4.1-mile racetrack, the largest in North America. John, happy to have you. Thanks, Ben. Always good to see you guys again. And I love the new studio. This is amazing in here. Yeah, we uh, we do it right here at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. And as we're doing this interview, we're speaking to a lot of people that could be potential goers to Road America. I love that there are 14 turns at the racetrack. There's somewhere you can sit each and every time. You can camp out. What else would you add to uh, what I had said there? Well, I, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, what's amazing about Road America is probably one of the best places for affordable family fun here in Wisconsin. And when you think about it, uh, you know, you've got inflation, you've got interest rates going up, gas prices are kind of crazy, but kids 16 and under get in free at Road mm. America. So for a family of four, it's very, very affordable. You can get tickets as low as starting at almost like $30, $35 for some of our events. Plus, you're not dedicated to a seat. So if you think about the Bucks, if you think about the Brewers, if you think about the Packers, when you buy a ticket to Road America, it gets you through the gate, and you can move around our entire expansive four-mile, 14-turn facility and watch from almost anywhere in the facility. It's one of the few places where you can sit under a shade tree, put your feet in green grass, and watch some world-class racing. You're also not far from incredible concessions, no matter where you watch, and also from clean restrooms. We have open karting. We have disc golf. There's lots of things for other people to see and do, and you're immersed in the action. You can actually be really close to the race track uh, right near turn 11 turn 14 and you can see all kinds of different viewing vantage viewing vantage points plus also you can get a golf cart and you can ride around the facility and see from different places so that's what's really cool see the guys working on the cars get autographs from the drivers get right up close to the racetrack and see these cars going by at over 140 miles an hour and that's what's really incredible and we're talking here with john everett from road america the communications director and you just hit on a lot of things here on this sunday sip but none of which had actually to do with the racing. And I think that's what's so amazing sure. about Road America. You hit on everything you can do outside of the racing on the racetrack. Talk about all the different series that's coming to Road America over the next six months. So this year, when you talk about series is coming, there's going to be a lot of track records falling. You're going to have a lot of excitement with the racers and the teams. Every single series, from the Moto America series to the NTT IndyCar series to the NASCAR Xfinity series, IMSA, SRO Fanatec World Challenge, plus also 
Uh, we're going to have vintage events, three separate vintage events throughout the season. The WeatherTech International Challenge with Brian Redmond in mid-July is a great one to check out because that's kind of one of our feature events where you see cars from almost every era of racing that are going to be on track. Plus, they parade in a downtown Elkhart Lake on Friday night. So, essentially, you got two bookend vintage events, a vintage event in midsummer, plus every major series in North America will be racing there. Not NASCAR Cup, per se, but the NASCAR Xfinity Series. So, you still get to see those big NASCAR cars going around the four-mile, 14-turn course. And all of these drivers are going to be looking to actually break a lot of lap records there because they've got a brand new surface, and that's something to see as well. Yeah, speeds are going to be up with the mm-hmm. new pavement. Uh, I think what's awesome is everything you've hit on entices people for multiple reasons. And then let's go back to that price point here because the season pass is so affordable, and you have over 50 days of action. Talk about that season pass and what it gets you. Yeah, I mean, if you really add it up, season pass right now is about 645, and that's for over 50 days of action. So essentially, if you're looking for something to do, you can come there almost every single day that we're open as far as the public event goes, and even some club events, and really really see world-class racing and get to experience all that Road America offers. Think about if you go to a Packers game or if you go to a Bucks game or Brewers game, and I say this because we're within the state of Wisconsin, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive for a ticket, for parking, for concessions, for all that kind of stuff. And that's just the nature of the beast. But with Road America, you buy a season pass, you go twice, it's already paid for itself and comparable to other sporting events and entertainment events here in Wisconsin. So that's something, if you love racing, if you love the experience, if you love just, hey, what are we going to do this weekend? You want to sit outdoors in a lawn chair and watch some really cool race cars go by? You want to rent a golf cart? A season pass is kind of the way to go. So that's another thing that we encourage fans to do because 50 days of actions for six forty-five. that's pretty incredible. Now, now, for me, you know, I became a race fan at Road America. I remember I was here in the state. I went to go check it out. And anybody that I've brought to Road America stays a race fan. So for those who have been on the edge, right, they're like, all right, they're listening. I'm almost there. What's going to get them across the edge and keep them coming back for more? Oh, without question, it's the experience. I mean, we have a lot of people, and we encourage people to bring their family, bring their friends. Uh, if you know somebody that hasn't been there before and you're thinking about what we want to do this weekend, definitely give Road America a thought. RoadAmerica.com is where you can get all the information because it's not just what people think when it comes to a racetrack. We have a lot of people that come to Road America for the first time, and they realize, hey, wait a minute. I didn't know you could walk, bike, or jog the track four miles of fitness on Monday and Wednesday nights. I'm going to come back and do that. It's a great, safe place to bring my kids and get some exercise. I didn't know that you had go-karting. Wow, I'm going to come back and do that again. I didn't know that you have a 7,500 square foot paddock shop with all kinds of cool stuff that I can buy for my family and friends. I'm going to do that. That's what's really cool is that it opens up everybody's eyes to what all we offer and what's available. And they can learn about by going to RoadAmerica.com all the other events that we have. We have over 500 events a year, and people don't realize that. They go, well, how do you do that? How do you cram that all into a summer? Well, there's motorcycle schools. There's driving schools. There's pace car rides. There's all sorts of things that people can see and do. Disc golf. There's charity walks. There's four miles of fitness. You name it, we do it. We even have weddings at Road America. So if you're wondering, <laughs> hey, where's a great open venue or even enclosed venue where we can get married that's affordable and it's something different than a hotel or a banquet room, give Road America a shot, roadamerica.com. Plus, if you're looking for a place to camp, bring the family, bring the RV, bring the pop-up, bring the tent, you can camp out during one of our weekends and really make memories with your family and your friends. We have uh, family reunions all the time at Road America during events, and it's funny because you'll go down there and they'll be like, hey, we're three, four, or five generations, you know, everybody's here, we got got 100 people. Uh, they're not even watching the racing. They're just happy to get together in a great place and, and, and share an experience. So you got to love that about Road America. So that's truly a family atmosphere. It's safe, it's fun, it's affordable, and it's a very, very short drive from pretty much where everybody lives here in Wisconsin. Even more reason for the racers to go faster on the track, and that's that food. Well, thanks to John Everett. He's the communications director of Road America. Tons of great events going on. This has been the Sunday Sip Road America edition on 620 WTMJ. It's 929, 34 degrees at WTMJ. And welcome back. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's 937. Well, I love art, and I really enjoy discovering new artists, and you're going to have an opportunity to do that as well. Joining us is Monica Miller. She's manager of the new Mayad Gallery at the Avenue, and she's also an adjunct faculty member there and uh, an alumna of Mayad. And Monica, tell us a little bit about this gallery and when it opens and how we can come and see some of these great art pieces. 
Yeah, well, thank you for having me this morning. Um, so Maya Gallery at the Ave is a art space and gallery located on 301 uh, West Wisconsin Avenue. And there uh, we provide an experience for you to view work by, shop from, and support Maya students, alumni, faculty, and staff. Um, and we're really excited to announce that we are opening uh, officially this Thursday, April 6th from 6 to 8 p.m. And when you stop by the gallery, you'll be able to see our very first exhibition, which is titled From This Point Forward, an exhibition of Maya alumni. And it features nearly five decades of alumni uh, that are represented in that exhibition, going all the way back to our predecessor college, the Layton School of Art. Now, of course, our studios are located right here in the Avenue, Monaco. Where where exactly is the gallery in the building? Yeah, so um, when you are on uh, MLK Drive or Old World, no, we World know where Church the Street. we know where the avenue okay, is. Tell it. us where when you get inside the building, where do you go to see the gallery? Yeah, so we actually you enter our space through uh, the avenue or the arcade lobby. So it's not quite in the Third Street Market Hall, but we are right next to it. So we have uh, one entrance that you enter from Wisconsin Avenue, and then you enter those arcade gallery, arcade lobby, office lobby doors. And then we are right to the left as soon as you walk in. Okay, so it's on the main floor, on the first floor. Yes. Yes. Same as our studio, so it's easy for us to get there. Now, is this a permanent exhibit or is this temporary? This is temporary. So this exhibition runs now uh, through July 1st, and we look forward to having quarterly exhibitions. So uh, our next ex exhibition will happen sometime in August. What's your favorite piece that you've seen now that you have everything set up and the big opening is on Thursday? Oh, gosh. Um it's very hard for me to pick a single object um, or art piece, but I think maybe what's calling to me in this moment uh, is there's there are paintings by an alumni, uh, Karen Williams Bruce Abartis. She graduated in 1998, um, and I've worked with the, this group of artists in the exhibition for about a year and a half now, getting ready for the show, and um, she has this piece called Box House, and um, she held on to it for me for this exhibition in particular, and it's a beautiful work. Um, if you don't know Karen's work, she uses really um, deliberate and small brush strokes to build up um, a really complicated uh, composition where um, you see an image in this painting of a structure in this sort of majestical looking forest. Um, with light that sort of seeps out through this uh, structure in this forest setting. And I just really think it's a beautiful work. And yeah, I'm very delighted to be able to spend time with it in the gallery. And, and as you said, you know, if you're stopping at the Third Street uh, Food Hall and then maybe you're waving to us in the WTMJ studios, you can stop by the gallery and a lot of these pieces are for sale. Yes, everything in the gallery is for sale and goes directly to support uh, the students, faculty, staff, and alumni that have worked there. Well, I am looking forward to seeing this exhibit. Monica Miller uh, from Maya, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. It's 941. We're up to 37 degrees at WTMJ. But those temperatures aren't going to be too bad. We're going to get up to about 50 degrees. And of course, tomorrow... Keeping an eye out for opening day at AmFam. The brewers are back in town finally. And it looks like your tailgating is going to be okay, but we do have a chance for some showers uh, later in the day. And, yeah, that roof's probably going to be closed with a high of 53 degrees. We're at 37 right now on WTMJ. Well, Allison Kleiber is the new head of the Wisconsin Humane Society, and she has a few thoughts about what a person needs to ask himself before adopting a pet. There's anybody out there that's thinking of adopting. Mm -hmm. 
what should they be asking themselves before they come sure. to the Wisconsin Humane Society? What are you looking for? What are you interested in? What's your why for adoption? And is it companionship? Is it you're looking for a running buddy? Is it security? Is it just having someone to go home to at the end of the day? What's your why? Because I think that will help us help you find that right match. And then I think also there's always the time factor. People are like, oh, I work really long hours. I can tell you that, like, I can find you a cat that is okay with you working really long hours. So just trying to find what the right match is for you. And this is, I will plug fostering here. If you're at all on the fence, fostering, whether it's for us or another organization, is a great way to kind of test drive that commitment and positively impact not only the animal you're bringing into your home, but the animal at the shelter who now has more time or space or staff time because that animal you took home is now on your couch instead of a, a kennel with us. Once you adopt, will Wisconsin Humane Society follow through after we take them home? Sure. And what I would say is we are there. So we understand that obviously our goal is for this to be a successful match for you and for this animal for a very long time. But if it doesn't work out, we're also here for that too. Whether that's a foster or an adoption, you can bring the animal back to us. You don't have to, but we're not going to judge you for that. We're going to gather some more information, learn more about what you're looking for, learn more about that animal, and hopefully move forward to find better matches going forward. Allison Clyburn talks with me about her love for animals and how important the Wisconsin Humane Society is to the community on WTMJ Conversations today at 11 a.m. Coming up in just a minute, it's Dominic Catronio in sports, and it's 946 at WTMJ. The quest for 161 and 1 is on. The Brewers get their first win of the 2023 season. A 3-1 to final down at Wrigley Field against the Chicago Cubs. They did it in come-from-behind fashion thanks to the new guy, William Contreras. Bases full of Brewers. Eighth inning. 0-1 pitch to Contreras. Swing and a little flare. Shallow right. And it's down. Two runs will score. And the Brewers have their first lead in 2023. Jeff Levering on the call on the go-ahead single from Contreras in the eighth inning. The Brewers would not relinquish the lead. Devin Williams locking down the save after six strong innings from starter Brandon Woodruff. Manager Craig Council on the weather, making things really tough for the guys in the box. You know, it's difficult to score. You know, the, guys, the pitchers are doing something about that, too. I mean, the pitchers are throwing the ball pretty well. But, we, you know, we put together a good inning, and guys picked each other up um, in the eighth there, and to pitch very well. Coverage of Game 3 down at Wrigley Field starts at noon right here on WTMJ. The men's national championship game is set for college basketball. San Diego State at the buzzer. Five seconds, Butler to the right wing with three seconds. Butler in the corner with one second. Hoist the jumper. It's good! It's good! Kevin Kugler on the call on Westwood 1. San Diego State defeats FAU 72-71. And in the nightcap, UConn dominated Miami 72-59. It'll be the Huskies and the Aztecs on Monday night. On the women's side of things, it's going to be a great one today. Tip-off is set for 2.30 between LSU and Iowa. The Caitlin Clark Show just upended the undefeated South Carolina Gamecocks. Now have the tough test of the 33-2 LSU Tigers. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dom. I was really disappointed that the FAU Owls uh, didn't make it. I mean, one point, one point. Oh, what a heartbreaker. Okay, but good for San Diego, right? It's 949. We're up to 37 degrees at WTMJ. I'm going to have your forecast. And also, um, with the end of that Emergency Care Act yesterday, there are a lot of people in Wisconsin whose health benefits are going to be affected. We're going to talk about that. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. It's going to be part of cloudy and breezy today. We're going to get right up around 50 degrees. This one's going to be a little bit on the festive side. Tonight, it'll be part of cloudy down to 38. Tomorrow, opening day with the Brewers at AmFam. Uh, mostly cloudy, chance of... 
Afternoon, evening showers. The good news is your tailgate should be okay with a high of 53, but I think that roof is going to be closed. Tuesday, we've got some rain and thunderstorms, a high of 47. And I know um, when I talked with Brendan Johnson uh, from TMJ4 today, they said they're going to keep an eye on that that storm front coming just in case on Tuesday night. So so uh, you'll have some information on that. And then Wednesday, you're going to start out with some showers and storms. But it'll clear up with a high temperature of 60 degrees by midday on Wednesday. Right now, Sheboygan, 37 degrees. Well, Tosa has 37. Delafield's at 36, and we have 37 degrees at WTMJ at 953. Over 300,000 individuals risk losing their Medicaid coverage in Wisconsin. Why? Well, because the COVID-19 public health emergency is over. Joining us is Dr. Daryl Gray. He's the Chief Health Equity Officer of Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. And Dr. Gray, can you explain exactly what's going on? Well, thank you so much for having me and for asking this question. I'll tell you. Let me take a step back. Medicaid is a health insurance program that's administered by the states under federal requirements. And typically, that eligibility is reviewed annually. Now, over the past three years, so throughout the pandemic, people have remained on their Medicaid coverage without review of their eligibility. Now, as we emerge from the pandemic, what we know is that states are reviewing eligibility once again. And so that means that hundreds of thousands of people could be at risk for losing their Medicaid coverage. Now, isn't the real problem that some people make too much money to qualify for Medicaid, but they don't make enough to pay whatever health premiums they would have even under Obamacare. Well, you bring up a good point because what we know is that people's eligibility can change over time. So, for example, if someone was not employed and then got employed, they may not qualify for Medicaid again uh, or currently. And so what we know is that people should be attuned to notification from their state Medicaid agency, certainly in Wisconsin, it's the Wisconsin Department of Health Services to ensure that they qualify or do not qualify for Medicaid and hear about communication in regards to the next steps they need to take to ensure they have insurance coverage. That's my understanding that here in Wisconsin, this could end as soon as June 1st. Are there things that people can do if they think they might be affected prior to that to make sure at least they have coverage? You bring up such a great point. Indeed, in Wisconsin, there are approximately 309,000 people who are at risk of losing coverage as early as June 1st. But this is a process. So People should stay tuned to communications, whether it's email, phone, text message, mailers from the Department of Health Services in Wisconsin in regards to what they should do. Certainly, if they want to learn more about what coverage options they may have, they can visit healthcare.gov, for example, or anthem.com forward slash stay covered to learn more. Aren't those marketplace health plans confusing for most people? It's a great question. I think it's a great option for many people, particularly as we think about marketplace options, they can be comprehensive. So including things such as doctor's visits or in-hospital care or prescription services. And the good news also is that for some people, they can be extremely affordable. So for those who qualify, there are some $0 health plans that people can be eligible for. So definitely it's worth exploring and learning more at healthcare.gov. What I'm wondering, though, is a lot of people who are in that niche of not qualifying for Medicaid and they don't quite make enough money to qualify for insurance through their employer, that they don't quite understand all of the intricacies of insurance and health plans. Is there help for them other than just going to a website and looking at it? I mean, is there somebody they can talk to who can explain all this? You know, I'm extremely sensitive to the point that you're bringing up. I mean, it's an incredibly important point. I think, to your point, the website is just a starting place. And certainly there are other resources outside of a website whereby people can both talk to or reach out through things such as what we call now chatbots, where they can Easily, if they don't want to talk to someone on the phone, they can use a text format to get answers to their most needed questions. And one starting place for that might be healthcare.gov or anthem.com forward slash stay covered. As a physician, what are you most concerned about with people losing this coverage? Such a great point. I'll tell you, we've made such great strides in getting millions of people across the nation insured, and we cannot take a step back. That's what I get worried about is is we need to ensure that we're doing just what we're doing now, getting the word out to ensure that people 
who are at risk of losing insurance transition to a plan that makes sense for them and that they stay insured. Because insurance does make a difference when we talk about prevention all the way to maintenance of care and doing well through trying to achieve health and well-being. Well, end it. Coming up after the news, it's the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian and David Wickard. And Brian, how did March home sales end? And are you still seeing homes selling for over ask? Well, let me tell you this quickly. Uh, It's too soon to count up all the sales, but I can tell you that listings were down 28% compared to last year. So that's the supply side of the equation. And here, think about this. In January, about three out of 10 homes sold for over asking. In February, four out of 10 sold for over asking. What do you think the trend was in March? Don't give the answer. Think about it. We'll give you the answer right after the news. And we'll be listening, and I'll be back at 11 on WTMJ Conversations.